The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsofLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio, you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from the previous day. So if you missed that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area over there. On the right side of the page is where we're at, and yeah, you'll see it's a different image. You guys watching on the video platforms, you'll see it's a different image. I wasn't fibbing to you. We are live at the moment we're recording, but we are pre-recording the show here. Uh, on, Click on the play button. Blow it up whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. I know we have a lot of friends over there in the morning, so good morning to you guys. And while you're there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble. And then we're also uh, live on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. Appreciate Michael and his team giving us a spot on their platform as well. Back over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, that goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. Includes all the articles for the day, including the morning show archive. So everything we're going to talk about, the links and everything like that, will be in the archive uh, later today at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Uh, finally, there is a store link at the top of our page. You can pick up a hat, a t-shirt, coffee mugs, DVDs, books, all kinds of stuff in the store. And uh, we're highlighting Bradley's latest book, which is All the Profits We're Pointing to the Front. It's $10 in our store. Uh, you can pick that up now. We are we are promoting that. And then the book we were promoting prior to this, Soldier of the Cross, that's still $10 in the store. You can pick those up. And then we have the um, uh, bundle there as well that has the, the book, the T-shirt with the same artwork on it, um, and also the dog tags uh, that we've got. Uh, you can get those in whatever color you want. Silver? Or you can get them in black, and they have First John 3.18 on the back. They have the Sons of Liberty on the front. And uh, that's a package that starts at $34. It may go up a little bit depending on your shirt size, but those are still available in the store, and we've got plenty of those things as well. Okay, all right. Now, Kate had talked to us 
or talk to me uh, about having a particular guest on. And uh, she had gone through uh, her first documentary, which was on breast cancer. And she said it's really good uh, what, what she had put out. And then now she's got a new video out. We're going to talk to her about this because this goes right in line with, you know, what, what, what all we've been seeing going on for the past three or four years here. And uh, so it's my privilege to welcome to the Sons of Liberty first time here, uh, Megan Smith. Great to see you, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me, Tim. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, you you had a documentary before, and you were dealing with women's uh, breast cancer, um, and I'm assuming that eventually that you were already on track for, for, for those kinds of things. Does that come over? Because let me let people know. I should have given you a little bit more introduction there, and I'll let you kind of expound on it, but you've got a master's in science, you've got a BA in biology, you, you were in molecular, a lot of stuff that I, I don't really know a lot about, and um, so you're a smart lady, it's not that, that you don't know what's going on, but you started that, that documentary, and now you've got a new one out. Can you tell people a little bit about how you got into all this kind of stuff? Because I think there's a long story here that people need to hear from you. So you want to take a little, a few minutes and tell people a little bit about yourself and how you got to doing what you're doing? Sure. So I, ha- I have a biology background. My thesis was in molecular genetics, which is just a fancy term for I used to manipulate DNA, um, which now I'm kind of regretting I did. But <laughs> it wasn't in a bad way, not a health way. Um, so anyway... Um, I had late Lyme disease in 2007 and I, they told me I was incurable and I was going to be in high dose IV antibiotics the rest of my life. Johns Hopkins told me that. And I said, no, I'm not, I'll find something else. So I found a Rife machine, R-I-F-E. I cured myself of that. At the same time, a friend of mine was using the same machine on his squamous cell carcinoma and he cured that. We just watched it disappear off his leg. And so I went, whoa, this is real stuff. And then two years later, my husband contracted lung cancer in 2008. And I said, you know, why don't you try this machine first? So he tried the machine for about three days and it cleared up his lungs. He had wheezing in his lungs and it went away. And I said, why don't you just do this before you go chemo radiation? You're stage four. You know, we kind of know where that's headed. And um, he said, I don't understand this machine. It's I, I, it's too scary to me. I have to go with what my doctor tells me. So he went conventional and after two rounds of five chemos, he was gone and died in 2009. And so I stewed about that for about six years. <laughs> and I said, I have to do something here. And I um, I was already, I had already done some um, journalist uh, articles for the Washington Post on um, the in- inaccuracy of Lyme disease and also the underreporting um, of Lyme disease in, in the U.S., which nobody was reporting on. And so those two those two articles went viral. And so I went into journalism and I'm also a screenwriter and I have my MS degree and everything was just kind of coming together. I lobbied Congress for 12 years in, in energy issues. So I said, you know what? I, all I need is a cameraman and I could make a documentary. <laughs> I made it. So I thought it was easy. It wasn't. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, and I just seen Ty Bollinger's amazing series on the truth about cancers. And that I just went, whoa, wouldn't it be great if you could just take all that information and put it into one documentary? So just like one one sitting or two sittings and just know everything. And so that's what I did. It took me eight years to do. And in the meantime, I spun out this other documentary 
on a breast cancer screening and telling about what what's really going on behind mammographies and that we should be doing ultrasound and thermography instead. But finally, I got this film done. You know, I had we had um, pandemic um, interrupt us there for a while. So I went silent for a while, but I got back to it. I said, no, I got to finish this film. It's too important. So I finally finished it. And it's a new standard of care, alternative cancer therapies. And it's everything you ever wanted to know about cancer. It tells you about what we're doing in today's standard of care. Then it tells you about all the alternatives. And it talks about the, the clinics. It gives you some great patient stories, stage four people that have reversed their cancers. And the third act is one of the most important acts is why we're not using them. Because I kept getting that question from my friends. It's like, Megan, no offense, but I think you're full of it because, you know, where's the evidence, A, and B, why aren't they using them? They wouldn't be holding back a cancer cure for, and I said, you want to make a bet? Yep. So I put that in my film also. So it's, it's everything. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, and, and this is, this is very personal to you because you, you lost your husband to cancer. Was that right? Correct. And three of my friends to breast cancer. Okay. And can you tell us what happened with your husband there? Cause it was a very, it was a very short thing from his diagnosis to his death, wasn't it? It was very short. Yeah, they they said it was early stage when they caught it. But, you know, sometimes when you poke that biopsy needle in, I found out that there's it speculation in literature that it can spread. Yep. And so I don't know what if that's what happened. But all of a sudden, you know, he had the biopsy in October, I think. And then by right after the New Year's, he was diagnosed. He started getting symptoms and he was soon diagnosed at stage four. And then he underwent treatments in March, I think. And then he passed away in July. And so it was just, you know, almost, you know, was it about nine, 10 months? Um, but it was just two rounds of the chemo. I tell a story in the film too, which really was the thing that cut, uh, stuck in my craw for six years after his death. And that was that his oncologist on, upon our first, first meeting with him, there was someone in that room with us. It was a, it was a relative of proctors. I won't say who. And um, she asked the doctor, she said, what's this about you guys getting kickback for chemotherapy? And he got up, closed the door and he said, well, this is what's going on. Sometimes I have to give a patient three chemos instead of two, or I will lose money and go out of business. So wow. that astounded us. Yeah. He was admitting over chemoing people, putting toxic stuff into a body that wouldn't have to go in ordinarily. And there's enough wiggle room in the standard of care, which I can talk about more, that, you know, legally he probably would be, it would probably be defendable in a court of law. But that admission got me thinking, what on earth is going on here? So I, di I dive into that in Act 3. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your husband, but I'm glad that even out of that bad experience, there's good things that's come out. You're warning people. You're letting people know that's a good thing. By the way, let me just interject here because I want to be careful with the C word, uh, not cancer, but the other one. Um, so this, all the information you guys are hearing, this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. This is my little dance. And uh, anything that you do with this information, how you pursue it, whatever you choose to do is on you. And if you need medical advice, go see your white lab coat quack somewhere and get him to you know, analyze what's going on if you want that information. We're here to talk about educating people on these kinds of things. So with that said, this new standard of care, does, is that coming out of what you learned with what they were doing with cancer? Or is that more coming out of what, you, what you've experienced the past few years like most people have with the convicts? Um, I, I didn't even know what the standard of care was when I dived into this. And when I found out, basically standard of care is just a legal term that doctors can hide behind 
to avoid liability if they ever get sued. Um, if they follow the standard of care, which they can find for various diseases and different uh, books and um, association guidelines and things, they're just a set of guidelines. They're not like laws, you know, it's concrete, stuck in concrete. And so as long as they stick within that wiggle room of the standard of care, which is what is defined as like what a reasonable doctor would do to a person, um, they can they will avoid liability. Now, the thing that they don't do is they don't tell us about all the side effects. And sometimes when they couch, a, um, you know, you, the, you'll go in with a cancer diagnosis and say, well, what's my what's my chance of living here? And they'll say 20 percent. And you think for the rest of your life. No, it's 20 percent for five years. They'll they'll lob off that last five years. I mean, I've heard a lot of my friends are told the wrong thing. So I tell them, make sure you ask them 20 percent for how long. So there's things that they're omitting um, from their statements to us, and it's just wrong. We need to have full informed consent before we undergo any kind of diagnostic. Amen. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and in fact, uh, it's kind of interesting. We had uh, a contributor on. She was a registered nurse in Georgia, and she's written a whole series on informed consent. And she said, "Tim, I'm finding out this is way b- informed consent is way more than just what you get, a, you know, for a shot." Or in the hospital, of course, she worked with that. And she was one who advocates for telling the people not only the benefits, but also those side effects. That's part of being informed so you can give a consent. It's pretty simple. But we do it with government. We do it with in our business transactions. We do it every time we put an app on our phone. We are just giving consent for them to do what? And half the time we aren't even informing ourselves as to what that is. So I notice on here... You've got, for the image that's on the site here for a new standard of care.com, you've got these things down here, vitamin C, juicing, gerson, detox, laetrile, cannabis, poly-MVA. I think that's the only thing I don't know what it is. What is poly-MVA? Oh, that's that's something um, a friend of mine actually runs that company. And he's um, I, I met him at a, he was not my friend before him, but we became friends um, at a conference. And it's it's something they're using as an adjunct to other cancer therapies. They're using it down in Mexico. They're, a gentleman is using it in Nevada that I know of. I don't know how many doctors are using it, but patients swear by it and they're getting some results. So anything that like staves off the cancer from growing is a good thing. So laetrile is the same way. Amen. Yeah, yeah. we're going to, in fact, it's kind of interesting that, that that's on here because uh, in about two hours, I'm going to be interviewing John Richardson, uh, vitamin, B17 dot, vitamin B17 for you. That's the number four in the letter U.com. And uh, John does the apricot seeds. He follows in his foot, dad's footsteps and he does the apricot seeds and the supplements and the books and all that other and so that's that's really interesting. But all of these things our audience is familiar with because we've talked about these at great length. And I'm glad to see you're bringing it to the forefront in a documentary kind of fashion so other people can learn about these things. Because, you know, our foundations are the Bible and the Constitution. That's what I was saying at the first. We, we see whether you're a straight stick by are you sticking to what we know is written, you know, whether it's in our Constitution or whether it's in the Scriptures. One of the things the Scripture talks about is God gave us our food, Genesis 1. He gave us the seeds, and they shall be for meat for you. And it's really interesting, the power of seeds, eating seeds. I've started eating apple seeds, peach seeds, apricot, all these things. And I'm sitting here in my mind, I'm thinking, well, these things... They bring life, don't they? They grow trees. They produce fruit. They produce food for us. And so why would they not be good for us to eat instead of something bad? And of course, in the same genre, you've got people saying, oh, if you eat 
three or five of those apple seeds, that's got cyanide and you'll die. And that's just nonsense. Um, so with some of these things, what when you're putting in a new standard of care, where did you start with? Did you start showing people, hey, this is what you're given. Now let me break it down and show you what you're missing out of that. How does this work? Because I haven't seen the, the documentary just yet. I, I plan on watching it, but I haven't been able to see it. How do you how do you break this down for people so they can understand it and they can utilize the information there? Well, um, the first act is what we're doing now. So that's easy, you know, um, chemo, radiation, surgery, and the side effects that they don't tell you sometimes. Um, then I go quickly into the alternatives. And I start out with what I what I noticed with the, the doctors that I interviewed. And I interviewed, by the way, I flew immediately. I flew over to the EU and talked to people over there, then Mexico and all over the U.S., and what I noticed is they were all fun. There was a lot of fundamentals that they were all using, like high dose vitamin C IV. Um, a lot of them were using laetrile, although it's been outlawed. Now it's been outlawed in the EU. It's been outlawed really? largely in the Yeah. That was fairly recent. Um, it's been outlawed largely in the U.S. And in Mexico, you can you can get it. And I don't know where else you can get it, but... <laughs> They're out, they're outlawing it pretty quickly. This is the IV laetrile. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I go through. I, I call them cornerstones, and they they teach their patients to eat nutrition. Like you said, you are what you eat. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Eat healthy, like we we're living back in the days of yore. Sure. Um, before our food chain got all messed up. Um, and then detox your body. If you have cancer and you're eating healthy, your body's going to go, oh, they've changed their diet. And they're gonna, you're going to start detoxing and killing the cancer. So you have to detox your body. Be kind to your liver and your kidneys and everything. Um, then I just I just basically walk through. I don't do a deep dive and all. I mean, this I could have gone on forever <laughs> with this. Um, and my As it is right now, it's four hours and 45 minutes long because I decided it's never going to be in a theater. I just want to put all the information in there and cut out the fat. So it took 200 hours and brought it down to about five hours. And I think, you know, I asked my friends and they're like, there's nothing you could have left out. Everything in here is really important. And I said, well, that's how I felt. So it takes about, you know, two days, break it over two days to watch, but it's free on YouTube right now. So that's good. Um, and then I go through the patient stories. I said, you know, I'd love talking to these doctors, but, it, you know, the clinics that actually gave me patients stage four that they were reversing, those are the ones I did a deeper dive on because it gave me substance that I could, you know, really bite down on. And the patient stories are just phenomenal. And then I have my my friend's story, Christy. She's the antagonist, so to speak. And she knew she was going to be that when I filmed her, because I said, you know, you should look at alternatives. When her, her breast cancer came back, she was stage four. She said, Megan, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do what my doctor says. I, I just, I believe in my doctor. And she's, and she just, so she's got her growth arc through the film. So I have a lot of, I have my husband's story throughout the film. I'm a storyteller. So I tell these stories as I'm going through. So it's not just real dry, you know, talking heads. And, um, and then I end up with the big question, why aren't they being used? So I think I, I made it real. I have all the medical literature in there, but I broke it down. So it's real layman's terms. I have a narration running through it, explaining everything. So I think it's easy to understand but yet, if you want to do a deeper dive, the literature is right there. Okay. All right. Now, I'm, I'm kind of struck when, you, when you're talking to your friend here, and she goes, I, I trust my doctor. I trust my doctor. And I find a lot of people are taught to do that, even though they may not know their doctor, except for the couple of minutes they see them, you know, in a wellness check or something like this. That's, that's a pretty big statement 
for you know not having I guess most people don't have some kind of a relationship with their doctor like they do their friends where they're seeing them they know them that and to say that you trust them concerning your life I think some people need to take a step back from that that's me uh, and one of the reasons obviously is some stuff we've seen of late but you know even the scriptures Revelation 18:23 says by thy sorceries were all nations deceived and it's specifically the word where we get pharmacy uh, where it's talking about sorceries there and I, we're seeing that virtually virtually every drug that's manufactured and I, I tell people drugs are manufactured uh, medicine is grown <laughs> or food is grown and, and, and medicine is grown and that's the difference and what we've done in this country in the US we have criminalized that which God created to sustain us we've criminalized that and we've run over people's rights over that but we've allowed the real drug manufacturing pharmaceutical companies to come in and to bribe you know the the doctors give them all kinds of payouts and stuff like that and the things that they give the patients aren't really making them better are they they're just kind of a symptom, but then as they mask a symptom, it seems like another symptom comes out and they have to come out with another product, a shot or a peel, whatever for that. And it's like uh, residual income. You know, you're going to keep somebody for life. And then at the end of life, you're going to pump them full of stuff too. And they're going to die and you're going to send them a bill for that too. I, I mean, am I missing something here or is that really what's going on? No, that, that's it in a nutshell. Um, you have to remember that pharmaceuticals are derived from chemicals and chemicals are derived from oil. So the plants fell on to the ground. They, you know, they, they did their thing. They rotted away. They turned into oil and coal and everything. And then we dig it up and then we make pharmaceuticals, which are synthesized to mimic what's in nature, what's found in nature. So what the pharmaceutical companies do is when they see something working that's reversing cancer in, in the alternative world, they'll go and take the product into their laboratory and they'll decompose it and they'll re reverse engineer it and synthesize it and get a patent on it. And the problem is when they synthesize it, they're now using an oil derivative instead of whatever God created to make the whatever it was. And they'll twist a bond like organically, you know, they'll twist a bond. And so your body doesn't understand it doesn't recognize it the same way and there that's when you get the side effects and then you have to take another drug to cure that side effect and like you said it just keeps going on and on and on and then we get cancer and then we have to take more drugs so we're doing exactly opposite of what we should be doing but there's no money you can't make money off of natural products that's right unless you know, sometimes but it's it's difficult <laughs> yeah so. well i yeah and i know there's some people who do try to uh form up some um, supplements and things of that nature, and they try to keep it as natural as possible. But I understand they use some fillers in there for bonding. The problem with uh, what the big pharma companies have done now is they're buying out a lot of companies that produce good supplements, and they're putting half half of them are fillers. They're not even, it's not even worth the money you're paying for them to take them. So you might as well just throw the money down the toilet because that's, that's where your supplements are going as well. Okay, so yeah. what are the things that you learned here that you would say, okay, guys out there, if you're ever diagnosed with cancer, let's take that one first, and then let's take, maybe you've got some preventative things as well. You're diagnosed with cancer, what would be what would be one of the things that you point people to to say, okay, you've been diagnosed, what have you been told, and what should you be aware of that they're going to present you, and what are the dangers to you? Is it really for your benefit, or is it for their benefit? 
and is it ultimately to make you sick and ultimately you die, but they're going to make money on it. What would be some things you, red flags you would say, okay, you need to ask about this and you need to look into these kinds of things. Well, like I said, the big one of the ones is when you go in, well, first of all, if you get a diagnosis, go and get a second opinion. Even the American Cancer Society said that. I interviewed them in my film. I also interviewed National Cancer Institute. So I got some pretty big heavy hitters in there. They said, go get, take your pathology films and take them to a different doctor and get them to look at it. Make sure you have cancer because there is a lot of misdiagnosis of cancer. There's a lot of overdiagnosis of cancer. So understand that going in. Also find out what's really, what's your prognosis? What is your real prognosis? They always say, well, we don't, we want to leave the, the patient with hope. Well, I'd read, I'd rather have it right between the eyes than to be given, you know, baloney. So ask them, you know, how long, what's my survival rate, blah, blah, blah. What's the treatment? What are the side effects going to be? Um, what, how should I change my diet? They'll look at you blankly then because most of these doctors have not been taught hardly anything in nutrition except for vitamins. And so if, like with Christy, I said, look, Christy, cancer, cancer loves sugar and it hates oxygen. So you got to change your diet right now. If you want to help yourself, there's, there, there are things you can do, even if you go down the conventional road, change your lifestyle. Why did you get cancer in the first place? I mean, conventional is only going to look at you have cancer and we're going to treat the cancer, the tumor and forget the rest of you. Sorry. You know, we're going to kill a lot of your other cells with the chemotherapy Versus the holistic alternatives, they look at why did you get this cancer? I mean, they they dive into your psyche. What was the stress you were under two to 10 years before you got this solid tumor? It's the early diagnosis thing is baloney. By the time they detect, like, say, breast cancer on a mammogram, it's been there for two to 10 years. It's not early detection. Wow. Early, Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the big takeaways of my first film. Um, that's why thermography is cool because it picks up inflammation, chronic diseases or inflammatory diseases. So it picks up inflammation. I had, a, I had breast or an inflamed breast. I didn't know that until I was doing my film and I put myself in the film and they said, well, we're not sure if it's cancer. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so they said, it's probably a precancer, but you need to reverse your lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. So I did that for a year went back and had another thermogram and the inflammation was, had, had left my breast. I was on three medications. I, I went off those and got onto supplements. I take a ton of supplements. <laughs> Make sure they're good supplements, by the way, like you said. Yes. And people can, get, people can get some really good ones at allusamaproducts.com. So go there and send me a thing. I'll get in touch with you. Those supplements are really high quality. And that's a, that's a, big, that's a big deal, Megan, because this is something that Kate talked about um, you know, she had a double mastectomy because they told her to do it. And she said the day after the surgery, I got Dr. Gerson's th book and I started reading it. And I'm like, I wish I'd have had this like 24 hours before because I would have never done it. And uh, so that was coffee enemas, juicing, supplements, um, you know, a number of things. But it was it was nutrifying the body. And, um, you know, a lot of it what she presents to us is our disease really starts in our gut. So if we've got unhealthy guts, we're going to be unhealthy most of the time. I mean, whether we perceive it or not, we're going to be that. So I, that's what I see the Gerson therapy doing is really treating the whole body. And I'm, pro I'm sure you probably see that as well. Um, and I know I've done some juicing, lost weight right out of my middle. And, um, and I had energy. I felt better. 
and I don't think I had any cancer. I may have, but I, but I don't go to the doctor, so I don't perceive any of that stuff. Uh, but I but I do think it's it changes when the person changes their diet to a healthier diet and quits eating a lot of the processed foods and stuff. They really are doing themselves a favor, aren't they? I mean, they really yeah, are doing that, themselves a favor. That's, that's huge. And when I was dying, whatever, when I had this pre-cancer or whatever was going on in my breast, the inflammation, I was going to McDonald's at least once a week because it was easy and I was running around making my film and not paying attention to my health and not exercising as much as I had been. And I just, you know, I, I felt icky after eating McDonald's too, quite frankly. So when I changed my diet to, you know, non-GMO and all organic and everything, I just felt better. So, there, you know, th there's another story. Um, Chris Wark, um, it's a Chris Beat Cancer is his organization. Yep. And he was stage three cancer. And he had it all through his, I don't know if you had him on your show, but he had it all through his body. And they wanted to do chemo and radiation, even though they said, you're going to die, basically. He said, nope, I'm going to do something else. And he just he basically just hooked himself up to a blender and juiced and juiced and juiced. And he his cancer hasn't come back. And it's been I'm 15, at least 15 years. So you can reverse it just with food. It's hard to do, but you can do it. If you want to live, you can do it. Amen. Amen. Now, would you say, and I, I'm, this is going to be just your opinion here, would you say that the majority, you talked about stress uh, coming on years before, and we've talked about that too, that that contributes to these these cancers at, at times. Um, and I'm sure there's pharmaceuticals that, that contribute to that. We've, we've heard the stories coming out about the COVID shots and people having what they're referring to as turbo cancers, these really aggressive, fast-acting cancers, even in young people, uh, pretty much. Would you say that a large percentage of those in, in what you've looked at, would you say a lot of those are due to the eating of the food, what well, is called food? I don't, I struggle sometimes now to call some of the stuff food because it's not. When you look in it, it's chemicals. That's what's in the stuff. Would you say that God knew best when he made the trees and the bushes and the nuts and everything else that grows and said, this is for you to eat. And then, you know, in the old covenant with Israel, he, he ends after he's told them what to eat, what not to eat. And he says, I set before you today, life and death, choose life, choose life. Would you say that we have been conditioned to choose death in the culture instead of life? Yeah, wow. I I think we don't. I think we don't think about it anymore. Hmm. We're all rushing around. Everything's you know technology and um, it's one. You know, you go over to Europe and you go to Italy and they sit around the dinner table for hours and they talk to their family and they're just taking it real slow and they're loving their food and they can have farmers markets and they go to those every day and you know a lot more healthy lifestyle. Um, and here we're just like, okay, let's get it on the table, hamburger helper or whatever, you know, yeah. throw it on the kids and get on with, you know, two, two incomes now needed to get a house. And, you know, it's one thing about capitalism is, you know, have, have we gone too far? Sometimes I think about this. I'm like, you know, what, what's it all about when I go over to Italy and everything's slow and it's all about family and love and taking care of grandma and her older, you know, years. And I'm getting philosophical now, but, um, you know, it's just, it kind of goes back to, too, when we found that first oil well, that's when everything just kind of, all the chemicals you're talking about, they're putting in foods, those came from, those are oil derived also. So it kind of goes down, goes back to petroleum. Um, 
And the and, Rockefellers, uh, who also got uh, into the the medical industry as well, yeah. Exactly. They they ran the homeopathy homeopaths out of business. That's what we were largely a homeopathic society. And they said, no, no, you know what? We got these things we can make a lot of money on. So let's take our oil, make it into chemicals, make it into pharmaceuticals. Let's change the medical schools and and you know, you know, brainwash the doctors to use only drugs, not understand what a disease is, not get to the root cause of it. Let's just apply them with drugs and make a lot of money. And it's it comes back to again, money, money, money. Yeah, it's really it's really sad. You know, the Bible warns about the love of money being the root of all evil. And I think that's really where this comes from. And it's not mm-hmm. just the the oil industry either. I mean, we've got where these guys are making, uh, they're doing aluminum, and then the byproducts of that are fluoride, and they're saying, oh, this is good for your teeth. Really? I mean, at this point, I kind of wonder who actually believes that and wants it to do, especially after what we know it does to our brains and our bodies and things of that nature. All right, so let's let's take the other one. We talked about somebody who is diagnosed, they've, they've been told they have a cancer. What about those people who are relatively healthy and they say, okay, um, you know, I, I remember going on, you mentioned YouTube, I remember going on YouTube and there's this young guy there and he's doing his pull-ups and he's all fit and everything and he goes, I can eat this box of donuts and I can eat these McDonald hamburgers and I never put on weight and this, that, and the other. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I'll bet your gut is a wreck in about 10 or 15 years, you're going to hate it. What would you say to somebody who might be doing that and they say, oh, I don't have cancer, I don't have any problems, I'm I'm running two or three miles a day and you know I'm at the gym and all this other stuff. What would you say to them about, hey, you need to watch, you need to, you need to examine what you're doing so that you don't get a diagnosis like that. What what would be some advice that you would give to somebody based off of your study? Well, it does sound like they're doing the right thing, and that is they're oxygenating their blood with the exercise. Yeah. So they got half, half of the equation is correct. The the side that's not being addressed is the you need to keep your sugar, your blood sugar content low, your glycemic index or whatever, because that's what feeds the cancer. Cancer cells are sugar eating machines. They have more insulin receptors than a normal cell. And that tells you right there, it's a sugar eating machine. That's why it has more insulin receptors on it. That's why they give you, when they give you a PET scan, a PET scan to find out if you have cancer, they connect a sugar molecule to a radioisotope. It goes right to the cancer. It's it's a faster uptake. So they see where the cancer is. But yet the doctors are like, no, no, you can eat as much sugar as you want. That's a bunch of baloney. And even the American Society of Clinical Oncologists is telling their doctors that. I found that evidence wow. in the paper that they showed their oncologists. And at the bottom, I scrolled down and it said it was funded by Coca-Cola. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And most, you know, I told my boys, I said, most people don't know. They think that Coca-Cola used to put cocaine in their Coke. They still do. Out of New Jersey, there's a company that makes the cocaine for them under the DEA, and they're doing that stuff. So I'm not surprised they're pushing any of that stuff. Now, you got something here on your on your website, and this is, this is what it says. I just wanted to read this off. The World Health Organization, which nobody loves, uh, st- st- uh, statistics state one in three women and one in two men will contract cancer in their lifetime. That That is astounding to me. That, that really is astounding, because when I was a kid, which wasn't too long ago, you hardly ever heard of cancer. You would hear it every once, or at least that was the way it was for me. Now it's practically, you know, every week somebody's got it, or they're having a surgery, or they're having to get chemo, and all this other. And then it says, further, cancer incidence is set to increase 
by 70% in the next two decades. Let me, let, me, let me ask you something here. How are they determining, how are they projecting that cancer is going to go up 70%? Are, are, they on the in, are they inside trading on this kind of thing? You know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Or do they have some kind of data that they're watching as it grows? What's going on there? How do, how do they come to this number? I had that same thought. I did interview the World Health Organization. I wasn't unable to put them in the film because she left the organization by the time I got around to editing. But she said, she told me the figures and it was going to go up exponentially. Cancer was going to go up. And I was like, how the hell do they know that? (laughs) Sorry, I said the H word. Um, That's okay. And and she... (laughs) And um, yeah, it, it and that was before the pandemic, right? And they had and they also had predetermined that chemotherapy use was going to all of a sudden escalate. And so you know, when you look at the projections and they actually come to to fruition, they're not trying to keep us healthy. You're on your own to keep yourself healthy, and they've already contaminated our food supply, water, air. You have to do everything you can to just fight it off with all everything you can do. Clean up your your water, air, and um, food supply as much as you can. Take supplements to support your body. Um, take the stress out of your life. You, we started to talk about that. That's the other thing I would tell a cancer patient. Again, you had some kind of stress, unless you had like a high radiation dose or maybe a vaccine. Um, the cancer was most likely brought on by a stress in your life. And I have this amazing story told to told to the audience by Dr. Tony Jimenez in my film. He's down in Mexico and he talks about this woman. He could not get her breast cancer to go away. She'd been there several times and it just wasn't it wasn't decreasing in size. And so she finally he finally said, Is there what happened to you? Was there a man in your life that did something to you when when a long time ago? And she told this horrific story about how she'd been abused. It was a terrible story, I won't tell you. And um, cancer just melted away in two in two weeks. It was a breakthrough. Wow! They go into your psyche, um, but once you're once you have a stress level, and we all we all just went through the pandemic. That stress level is affecting a lot of us too. It's not just COVID and the vaccines. It's the stress level we went through, and so that's helping aid these cancers because we're you know we're still trying to process what did we just go through for four years, and it's probably not over, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, that you have to get your, you don't want to stay in a cortisol, um, fight or flight mode for too long, or your cortisol levels will go crazy. And then all you, you'll have a cascade of all these hormones, which affect all your organs and everything will go to pot and you'll get some kind of chronic disease, including possibly cancer. Okay. All right. Now with all of this and the things you looked into, and you talked about already the money aspect, and you were talking about that, I guess, from big pharma to the doctors and stuff like that. But what about government involvement? You know, again, our foundations of the Bible, uh, Psalm 91 comes to mind, you know, people trusting in the Lord. And I don't think, you know, I, I believe God does supernaturally heal. He can like that. I, I've seen that. I've actually seen it. We prayed for people at church. Um, they go in and we had one lady. We prayed for her one night. She was going in for, I don't know, biopsy or something the next day. I forget what it was, or, or the surgery on the breast cancer. They got her on the table. They put their little thing up so they can see where they're going. And the doctor goes to put the needle or whatever it is in there that he's going to do his work with. And right as he sticks it in, the mass disappears. It just disappeared off the screen. They didn't know what it was. Wow. And she came back and gave glory to God. And I say, 
Praise God for that. That's what, you know, and then here's this doctor. They see it. The nurses see it. It just disappears off the screen. And they knew it was there before. Um, but it, it's like that's, let me, let me take it over here. The scriptures, chapter 91 of Psalms, he says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress, my God, and him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, for the pest, nor the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And then he says this, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. And, you know, I see what's going on uh, through the through what I call the convids. I think it's a con, what they did to push people into shots, and I think they actually poisoned the people. But God tells us if we'll hide ourselves in Him, if we'll be obedient to Him, then He He is our protector. I mean, you can't have anything greater than that. But in doing that, there are things that, you know, obviously He's saying, you need to obey me, right? Um, he's just not going to take the disobedient he's in judgment on them, but he's going to take it for the obedient. So we've got that. So the next question is, in your study, what were you finding? Did you find out anything between uh, government and big pharma or big corporations? I, I think they're in bed together. I think it's organized crime. The FDA is unconstitutional. Article 1 of our Constitution doesn't give any authority regarding health to the federal government. And they've instituted anyway, and it seems like now they're working together to shut down the things you're talking about, these new these standards of care, which have been with us for a long time, long before Rockefeller and the kind of medicine we have now. What did did you find anything out between government and you know fascist corporations that are producing these things to where you can de- definitively say, look, they're working together to make money to control you. And ultimately, in the end, I guess, kill you. Did you find any information like that at all? Yeah, there. there's a thing called the revolving door. And um, it's when people from academia, people from the government, people from pharmaceutical companies, they all kind of go around. Um, FDA, uh, CDC, they've all, a lot of them, especially the higher ups, the political appointees, they, they used to work in pharmaceuticals. And then they go work at an FDA job. And then they go back to pharmaceuticals and they make even more money. So it's called the revolving door. It happens in, in uh, D.C. I was at, like I said, I was a D.C. lobbyist for 12 years. It's a real thing. There's there's great. There's one called I think it's called Open Secrets website. And it talks about all this stuff. Who's got the big revolving door conflict of interest? Um, yeah, I found all kinds of evidence. There were a bunch of bills that went through in the uh, I think it was the late 80s. Um, that got signed into law that made, I think that's what's kicked off the whole vaccine problem. A um, whole bunch of them went through. And then it, that medicine started changing after that, as it was told to me by one doctor after the, those bills went through. Congress, there's like four uh, big medicine law or pharmaceutical lobbyists to one member of Congress. So that's what we're up against, four lobbyists to one member of wow. Congress. And they, yeah payments, campaign contributions. So they, they grease the wheels that way. They haven't, there's nothing they have not, you know, they, they haven't overlooked anything. They have greased the wheel in every way, shape or form. 
And they used the pandemic as an excuse to, we need to get rid of this medical disinformation. Anybody who says anything against modern medicine is just flat out wrong, even if they they look at the you know, medical literature, which is what I do in my film. Also know this, this is this really spoke to me. There were a couple of things that spoke to me. One was the thing where the oncology association is telling the oncologist it's okay to eat sugar and then it was brought to you by Coca-Cola. And they had, that was one of my aha moments. Um, this other one, though, it okay, I just lost my train of thought. I need to have more coffee. Yeah, you had you you were talking about the Coca-Cola and you were talking about uh, them pushing the sugar. Um, I have those too, so and the people know it. I'll go right out there on that branch and saw it right off behind me. I, 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 I will. Even really, I, I went off on a tangent. I'll, I'll bring, I'm going to remember it before the end of the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's fine. I mean, things happen. We again, people have seen me do that. I guess I offer a little comic relief when I do that. So a uh, little, a little, a little laughter at my expense, and that's okay. All right. So, what is probably the biggest thing that you discovered that you didn't know when you were putting together these? whether it was the standard for care or a new standard of care or whether it was the one on breast cancer, what was the biggest thing that jumped out at you that you didn't know that you said, wait a minute, and you had to go sit back and just kind of wrap your head about around whatever you found? Did you find something like that that was just really startling and disturbing in your research? I think it may have been, and this kind of goes back to the previous question, it was kind of more of a I mean, there was so much I didn't know. There's so much, but it was kind of a slow aha. How can they be telling the cancer patient to eat sugar? What I mean, you know, somebody somewhere knows that's wrong. Why are they redating a woman with mammograms year after year when they know that the dense breast tissue in her breast is radiation sensitive? They're eventually going to probably give her breast cancer. And the literature is starting to point point that direction. Wow. Now that's something I didn't know. Yeah, that that's I found that out after I finished my first film. So now I'm writing a book because I want to get that information out there. And radiologists are totally, you know, they don't. Anyway, I could go off on a tangent. They don't understand this. The radiation physicists do, but not the radiologists. I found that out because I talked to three of them and they were like, what are you talking about? So um, it, it was more of a I, one. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and, you know, whatever, it's a duck. So. If all these things are happening, you know, it, it's just why would they do an experimental vaccine when they had a, a, other vaccines that we would have been a lot more comfortable with? Why did they do that? Was the first thing I thought about. Are you crazy? I mean, I used to work with DNA in the lab. I would never put that stuff in my body. I was like, this is just wrong. Oh, sure. I had six friends come to me and say they were vaccine injured, heart attack, strokes, you know, neurological paralysis for 48 hours and all this stuff. And I went, that's it. I'm out. Um, so it's just, you have, to, you just have to let your common sense take over. And people were talking about, these doctors were talking about depopulation. It's part of depopulation. And for the longest time, I didn't want to believe it. I was like, no, please tell me they're not that evil. They're just trying to make money. But Oh no, they're know, that evil. Yeah. It, it's kind of hard to think that they're not. And I, I don't know how many people are involved in this, but it's certainly well orchestrated. Um, there's just too much evidence, and they're the little kids that they're hurting. And I, anyway, that was my that was my big takeaway. Is just, and I don't I don't really want to know this. You know, I was talking to somebody else on a podcast. You don't want to know this information. You part of you is just like, no, I just want to go back to my little fuzzy world before the yeah. pandemic. Give me the blue pill. I'll take that one. Yeah, I know. 
But you know what? If you if you don't take the red pill, if you and, and I know that's a you know a little parable, so to speak, as the matrix kind of thing. But I, but there's a reality to that. The thing about take take taking the truth is you can deal with it. You can deal with the reality. If you're in living in fantasy land, you're unable to do that because you're li- you're living a lie. You're believing a lie, and I think that that's where it comes to to where. How did we get to the place to where we lost this this um, heritage that we had of wise people who came before us who knew, hey, when you got a stomach ache, go out there and pick some of that mint and make you a tea and put that in. Or you've got this, let's make you a poultice and let's put that on. Or let's use some castor oil. You know, you may have a parasite there. Let's get it. Let's get a castor oil pack. Where did we lose all of this? Because it seems like, boy, we just... And, and now, I think, many Americans are starting to rediscover that kind of stuff. And I think that is probably the silver lining in the entire Convid 1984 stuff. Is that people, all of a sudden, their eyes are open and saying, wait a minute. Okay, I see what's going on. What can I do to solve this problem and be preventative in my own life where I'm not dependent upon government, the doctor, or anybody else like that. I mean, I don't know how we went from the first one, which was the use of God's creation, to pharmaceuticals. I mean, that is clearly an indoctrination process, if you ask me. Yeah, again, it goes back to oil and wanting to make a lot of money. And it started with the Rockefellers and those guys and Standard Oil and all them and it just went from there and it got out of control and we've let it get out of control and technology. Now we have, you know, the 5G towers and, you know, it's just, it's coming at us from all directions. And, and um, we're, especially during the pandemic, 5G took off. They took full advantage because we were all asleep at the wheel. Sure. Got all these studies out saying this isn't a good thing from all these, you know, scientists across the world. I'm sure you've seen them, these papers, and they just rolled us while we we're worried about COVID. So, um, yeah, it is. But it's the stress of having this information is also it's, hopefully it's not as bad as, you know, not knowing and getting poisoned by medicine. But it's so, it's stressful. I mean, I'm just telling you the truth there. It's it's a constant. Oh, my gosh, this is it's a heavy burden. And the way I release it is to make these films and um tell people these stories and hope I can help people. And that in my heart, that'll make me feel, you know, so much joy, but um, gosh, it, it is a burden. I hate, I hate to say it, but it. Ah. Oh no. Oh, well, look, we, some of us on, you know, me and Bradley and of course people who listen to the show and we give the information, then we don't just tell people the bad stuff. We tell them what the solution is to it. You know, whether right. it's lawlessness, you go and bring, you got to bring justice there. And there's a remedy that we have. But the, the fact of the matter is, is all of that becomes a burden. It's what are we doing with it? Are we, are we allowing it to make us depressed, turn inside and make it worse? Or are we taking that truth and exposing the evil? You know, you're talking about the evil people. Look at what they did in Nazi Germany. It's no different than what they did during the convids and what they're doing now. I mean, Kate comes on each week. These doctors over there in, the, in England are getting paid to off. 2,500 people a month, or they don't get certain certain money. And uh, she had the documents on that as well. we got about three minutes here, Megan. I want to give those to you. Uh, final word of exhortation and, you know, things that you would encourage people to do to prevent 
as best they can, so, coming to one of these diagnoses that they have some form of cancer. What would what would your final word of exhortation be to them? About three minutes here. Okay. Real quick, though, the thing I forgot, I went in and talked to NCI. They had three things that they, they saw were potentially curing cancer. None of them. They 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 just stopped studying in them. They, they found deep-sixed out they them, were, huh? They went undercover. Wow. And that, to me, was very, very telling. And that's in my film. Um, so... I wanted to leave people with hope versus fear. So when you get it, if you if you prepare before, since almost half of us now are getting cancer, prepare before you get a cancer. It could be just a skin cancer that you can you know excise, but it could be bigger. Know what you're going to do. Have a cancer plan. I mean, I hate to say it, but I feel a lot more comfortable if I got a cancer diagnosis. I wouldn't freak out like my husband did. I have the I have the information. I know what I would do. I saw it all ties stuff and I and I'm making this film. And if you can just watch my film for five hours, you will you will be out so much ahead of where you were before. My friends are turning changing their minds on conventional after watching my film, which is really I mean, that to, that told me I did a good job <laughs> making the film. Um, but cut down your sugar if you get a diagnosis and increase your oxygen oxygen load. You can start from there. There's great books out there. And again, Ty's series, my my film, and you know, just uh, everybody that's cured this thing is spiritual. By the way, I did want to tell you that too. Every single one I spoke to who who reversed their cancer had deep faith, and I think that that says a lot. Well, I think it goes to the heart of the matter as to who we're going to believe. We're going to believe the doctor. We're going to believe big pharma. We're going to believe the government. We're going to believe all these people that tell us they have our best interests at heart, and they've already been busted taking money from the pharmaceutical companies, doing that over what they know they should be doing. Some of them should should be doing. So I think that's true. And the people who believe that there's a God they're going to give an account for, and they actually believe that he actually loves his creation enough that he will provide answers— uh, I, I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised by that at all. In fact, that goes right back to Psalm 91, doesn't it? If they'll hide themselves in him, then he's going to be their protector. I want to show people this real quickly. Again, this is a newstandardofcare.com, a newstandardofcare.com. There's a trailer there, and there's also the movie. Um, what would you say? It was like five hours, huh? That somebody's going to five sp- hours. Yeah, that somebody's going to spend. It doesn't cost you a thing, so... Head over there, a, a newstandardofcare.com, and uh, and check that out. And Megan, if you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Uh, guys, I'm getting ready to close down here. Don't forget, get all the profits we're pointing to the front. That's Bradley's new book. You'll enjoy that. If you haven't gotten Soldier of the Cross, that's also in the store. Uh, pick that up, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Bradley, be with you at 3. And Lord willing, we're going to be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Talk to you then. See you.